What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, it's the Back Row Boys. We're back with another podcast, Hutch and Steve, brought to you by nobody. We're sponsor-free. Um, this is going to be a short segment because we just want to talk about, you know, the biggest news in uh, Chicago baseball, I guess, over the last week or so, and that's the... Uh, the sudden sad retirement of uh, Adam LaRoche and his son Drake. Well, as a two ten hitter, is it really sad? Well, he was a two ten hitter last year. I mean, look, I, I was the, you know, you know, basically where I'm coming from on this stuff. I said he was a bad signing last year. Yeah, I made no bones about it. I, first thing I said is this guy is not going to help you. It's the same kind of a. Uh, I thought the Adam Dunn signing was bad. He had like I think one season with an OPS at exactly 800 and then that was about it are you not hearing i think i am but i, I was double checking awesome yeah. technical difficulties like one minute into the podcast no, i think that's we're good. pretty much where we're supposed to be um the, i wrote the article that is on the uh the backrowboys.com website entitled i believe uh jerry you have a business problem um i i take it you didn't really like the article much well, I disagree with it in certain aspects, I guess. I mean, I I agree there's a problem. I I don't know how long-lasting the problem is going to be, you know, but, uh, it, you know, it all depends. You don't know how the players are going to take it into the season. Is this really going to affect them? Are they going to quit? Are they going to... Well, they made a they made a lot of noise. Yeah. Um, so I mean, for for the listeners that, that don't understand what we're talking about, Adam LaRoche was the... Uh, Free agent signee at the beginning of 2015, uh, coming off a good year from the Washington Nationals. The White Sox signed him. Adam LaRoche, uh, when he was negotiating his contract, basically said, my son has to be part of the team, and apparently the White Sox agreed. They tried to walk that back in the middle of spring training this year, saying, uh, you know, basically, it's kind of a long story, but basically they said, look, we don't want this kid around all the time, and... Adam LaRoche said, fine, I, I retire. Yeah, well, that's the that's the point. I mean, it's it it's hard to decipher everything that happened. There's too many he said, she said things going on, or he said, he said things. You know, if, if the, supposedly there's, there's complaints by other people in the in the on the team or executives or somebody, and uh, they asked him to curtail the amount of time that Drake was with the team and right. apparently he chose not to. Well, yeah. And, and so I, what's the, but what's Bob the, Nightingale had a, a pretty good article with a bunch of like unnamed sources, which I'm, I'm sort of like, I swear, I, I think Kenny Williams just picked up the phone and said, look, here's what happened. Don't quote me. Cause we're not allowed to talk about it because media blackout media timeout, uh, courtesy of, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. But if you read Bob Nightingale of the USA Today's column, he basically said, look, people came to Kenny, and it wasn't just players. It was also staff members. Now, I don't know if that means coaches or trainers right. or, or whoever, 
somebody uh, in the marketing department. So, so Kenny went to uh, Adam LaRoche and, and kind of casually said, look, you know, I, I think, you know, your son's spending too much time with the club. Why don't you dial it back to, you know, less than half the time? And the way Bob Nightingale has it, Kenny Williams walked away thinking problem solved. And then a few days later, he goes uh, to see the team, and they're doing drills, and, and the kid is on the pitcher's mound, and, and Kenny Williams loses it. Tells Adam LaRoche, well, look, okay, now you're abusing the privilege, so now I don't want, the ki- I don't want to see the kid at all. So I think at that point, LaRoche said, fine, I retire. Right. And then Kenny Williams cooled off and is like, well, okay, look, just, just less than half the time, and, and we'll leave it at that. And by then, LaRoche was, was done with it. But see, that's what I think LaRoche overreacted. I mean, the bottom line is, is they asked you to curtail. Now, you don't know exactly what the verbal agreement is. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, and, and, and the, I get your point. And, and I would be, there's I read, no way I would argue that you should have your kid with you 100% of the time. In a major league clubhouse, traipsing all over the country. I mean, I get, you know, he wants his kid to be a pro ball player. And, and you know, I don't know how much time he spent in the clubhouse with his dad. Right. But you read other articles and other, you know, they've asked Dusty Baker and all kinds of people different questions. You know, Barry Bonds had his kid with him. But they all had their kids sporadically. They never had their kids all with their the own, time. With, with his own locker. With a nameplate every day, and and this, I mean, it may, and maybe the verbal agreement was yes, every day he's going to be with me twenty four seven. I'm going to homeschool him. He's you know all this stuff, and he's going to get his education and all that other stuff. But um, I, yeah, education I would lean, you're going to get clean and spikes. And I would picking up the baseball. I would lean towards the fact of not knowing everything and only going by what is coming out in the media is the fact that. They asked him to tone it down. He decided that what he interpreted the verbal agreement to be was this. He didn't like the fact that they said that doesn't happen anymore. You have to stop. And so he said, well, I quit. Well, you're right as an American. Go ahead. Then I, I don't get it. I don't understand why that makes you quit. If if you you know I understand you love your family but if you love the game of baseball and and somebody wrote a good article about now all of a sudden you know unfortunately this kid is going to know for the rest of his life that he was the reason that his dad quit baseball. Well, yeah. And, and is and that is I, that I'm what you want to really, teach your kids? Uh, well, no. And and you know the whole situation could have been handled a lot better. You know. Oh, I don't disagree to, but to my that, mind but but well, uh, from whose standpoint? You don't under, you don't know. I mean, again, you know, it's it's one of those things where, and if if you have a, a, an agreement, a work agreement with your boss, whatever it may be, I get Saturdays and Sundays off because you know you take your kid to ballet or something, and then the next year your boss is like, well, you can't have Saturdays and Sundays off anymore. Now you get Tuesdays and Thursdays. A lot of people would quit. Your the conditions under which you took the job have changed. Okay, I understand that, but I don't know if it was. That direct, I'm, you know, well, it, that's it's more like coming and saying, okay, you have Saturdays and Sundays off, but uh, I would like you to uh, work Saturdays but take Tuesdays off. Can you do that? And then you say yes, and then all of a sudden you take Saturdays and Sundays off anyway, and you just keep yeah, doing it, I, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well that doesn't work anymore. You can't. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure this analogy is really working. But that's too accurately, but, but that's but, the way I get it. It was, yeah. you know, you asked him to do something, he says okay, and then goes reverts back to saying, well, no, I'm not going to listen to you now. 
you know, I don't know if that's the true story, but that's the way I gathered it from everything that came out. Well, LaRoche's statement basically says that it was a condition of him signing that Drake is part of the team. And I think the point I make in the article is like, you know, ballplayers negotiate for all sorts of perks, right? Luxury suites on the road, blah, 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 blah. He may have, in lieu of asking for more money, made this a condition of of playing. So now they're in a position of saying, well, okay, you can't have your kid around that much, but they're not offering you more money. I mean, my gosh. I mean, there are people who are thinking that they did this on purpose to get rid of him because he was underperforming Mm. and they could save $13 million. And that's hard to refute. When no one comes forward saying I was the guy who complained. Yeah, but then somebody uh-huh. writes, "Well, they they wish this would have happened three weeks ago, and they could have signed Cespedes when they had that thirteen million dollars." Well, I don't think that was enough. You know, I mean, Cespedes but. is getting like twenty five million to play for the Mets, and I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I'm not sure Cespedes would sign with the White Sox. I don't know who's going to sign with the White Sox after this. Well, I know you wrote that, but I mean, well, th- think that's... about it though. I mean, if you if you're negotiating with Rick Hahn and Rick Hahn says you can do something. And then Kenny Williams turns around and says, well, you didn't make that agreement with I'm, me. And but no. I'm thinking they're going to be a little more well, there's a trust less issue. obscure. They're going to be less obscure on what the exact actual policy is and what they're letting them do. I mean, yeah. no, nobody knows exactly what that agreement was. Well, was it I guarantee you a couple of people know. Of 24-7? A couple of people know, and it's somebody from the union probably knows because – there's a collective bargaining agreement. There are certain things you can and cannot agree to. So it may have been something where, you know, Rick Hahn is like, well, we can't put this in the contract. It violates the CPA. But I'll tell you what, you got it. All right, Drake's a part of the team. They, they give him a locker. Chris Sale says a kid's like a mascot. Adam Eaton says we've lost our, a, a leader. Make of that what you will because he's 14. Yeah. But, you know, apparently there's a, a disconnect in the clubhouse amongst the players themselves. Well, but, but like, uh, yeah, apparently he was still well from a league of their own to some people. Yeah, I, you know, look, I mean, this I, kid was annoying some people. I don't I, know. I, I don't understand. How could you not be annoyed? How I could you not be annoyed by somebody else's kid being around all the time? Yeah, I mean. How, how could that not annoy you? I don't know what it is. And I agreed with the part of the article where you said, you know, why doesn't why doesn't the people that complained come forward yeah. and explain why yeah. why they were upset explain everybody why everybody would understand yeah explain why you complained that the kid was around every day was he obnoxious to you you know he's obviously well loved by all the teammates but was he obnoxious to people in management was he obnoxious to other people was he different than he was on the field why were these people complaining? I mean, those are the things you need to know those parts of the story to be able to figure it out. What was the problem that these people had? Did these people just complain because they thought some prima donna was able to have their kid with them all the time and they weren't? But that's his right because he negotiated it. And you can't. That's really hard to hard to argue. A deal's a deal. That, uh, verbal right. verbal agreements are binding. You know, now it, it now, may be that. It, it, well, I'm going to interrupt you here, but it happened with A-Rod was an enigma for teams, especially when he signed the huge deal with Texas because he signed all these perks and everybody viewed him as a prima donna that wasn't part of the team. And he got to take his own private plane and this and that. And he yeah. basically ruined that team. He made $25 million a year, took him out of any monetary aspects they needed for other players and was his own entity basically and said and and that's what texas agreed with they realized it was a stupid deal to sign eventually and 
you know, did their best to get rid of him. But for well, what, they, tr- they got Alfonso Soriano for him. It took them. It took <laughs> it, it took them down what five years, and they still had to pay part of the salary. If yeah. I remember that deal right. correctly. So look, I mean, they tried to get a Rod in there. Uh, look, you negotiate. You're worth whatever you get. Right. If you can negotiate and they agree that you get a private plane, guys get you know luxury suites on the road. Some guys don't. You know, I who knows? They they may have to room together. That's why I, mean, I want to know, know who complained and why. I think I think that you know they should come forward. I ha- I suspect a couple of guys. I suspect one of the newcomers, and Todd Frazier kind of came out later, like kind of supporting the thing, so that you know, okay, well, if he's being sincere, maybe it's Brett Lowry, unless it's a, a smokescreen. And then the one comment I found interesting was after this meeting that they had on Thursday, where Kenny Williams addressed the team and. Basically, Chris Sale was yelling at him and telling him to get out of the clubhouse and all this. And then the next day, Chris Sale says he's a liar and all this stuff. David Robertson made a comment. Somebody asked him about the meeting, and he, he says, well, it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> that strikes me as somebody who might not really be in Drake's camp. Mm-hmm. If you think it's funny, you know, watching Sale freak out over his little buddy, like, my little Gilligan is gone. We have no show. Uh, okay, fine. I mean, I don't know. I think they should come forward. And probably, I, I wonder if the if the players like like Adam Eaton, who came out the day after that, saying, "Well, we've lost our leader." I think the manager is supposed to be your leader, or you're supposed to be the leader, not your DH. Yeah, well, that's why. Kid. That's I why get you like them. I I, get, I contend you know, they completely overreacted. Uh, let alone LaRoche overreacting. I think I think the players overreacted. I think Kenny Williams overreacted. When he blew his top and basically said, "Now I don't want this kid coming around anymore." I mean, in business, you don't. This isn't how it works anymore. People have to buy into what you're doing. You can't just by edict say, "Okay, from now on, but everybody's got to wear point. purple if, pants." If, I mean, but that goes back to my point. Well, first of all, you know, you have the no no hair rules. You have you have to wear a suit. I wonder how that went over in Miami. You know. You have no facial hair, no facial, but whatever you have rules, right? But I, I just from what I understand was, is he asked him to curtail it and he didn't do it, so then right. he blows his top. I don't blame management for asking somebody to do something, and then once they don't do it, they get mad. I mean, any job you've ever had, if you don't listen to your well, again, it's boss, like, does the left hand know what the right hand is telling them? See, it seems to me that because everybody or whoever's complaining, I don't know how many anybody's there, how many people complained. I mean, there's no information on that. But it seems to me that why wouldn't you go to Robin Ventura, who's the manager, and it, and if Robin didn't address it, why wouldn't you go to Rick Hahn, well, who's the general I, manager? I would, why I would, are you running to Kenny I would Williams? contend because that's who the verbal agreement was with. Maybe they did go to Robin Ventura, and Ventura went to Kenny Williams and said, so now what, the do we, what do we do about okay, this? So now you're saying the complainers are very insistent, right? If, Maybe. If they worked their way up the chain of command, I think what happened basically. No, is, I'm saying that they did. Maybe, maybe possibly they said they went up to Robin Ventura, so Ventura went to Williams and said, these are the complaints I'm getting. You're the one that had the verbal agreement. I can't do anything about it. I, I can't tell him. If, if if Kenny Williams has a verbal agreement with LaRoche, Robin Ventura can't ask well, him. Well, I would think Rick Hahn would have had it. If Rick Hahn is really the GM, the GM negotiates the contracts. So, I mean, I would think that he had 
the agreement with Rick Hahn. And apparently last year, was was it an issue? Did anybody complain last year? No, not that I know I, of. I, no. didn't, hear, I just, didn't hear about no. anything. Even when he was hitting 210, nobody complained. That's why I'm wondering, you know, Brett Lowry's got a brother in baseball, you know. Uh, Todd Frazier's new. Todd Frazier was well, talking it, about it, everyone's accountable. It and doesn't all this really, stuff, yeah. You know? I, I, I don't the, know. the point is, it doesn't really matter who complained. I agree with you that they should come forward with, with their complaint and explain why it's a distraction they to them. They should have talked to Adam. And but I'm just I'm wondering whether you know. Okay, maybe I think Kenny Williams still has the final say, even even though Rick Hahn is the general manager. So maybe it was like Rick Hahn goes to Kenny Williams and says, "I could get Laroche for you," but. There's these contingencies. Yeah. So Kenny Williams is the one that signs package off, deal. Signs off on them. Yeah. And therefore that's what and Kenny Williams, you know, whether you like him or not, and I know you don't, was is basically, you know, he's he's the one that he's like, I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna be the bad guy no matter what. And so I'm gonna do it. I've heard that one. I've heard people say that. I could see some truth to it. I don't personally dislike Kenny Williams. He's been your no. I no, I understand. You've been in the playoffs once in eleven years. He's a below replacement level GM. He was a below replacement level player. I don't see why he still got his job. I I, I don't see why you don't just say you know, we're gonna you know try another thing. How many managers is he gonna go through once he gets done with Ventura and Renteria if things don't go well this year? I don't know. Right? I don't. I mean, it doesn't. Well, he had Jerry Manuel and then he had uh, Ozzie Guillen. Did. Did Ventura take over for Ozzy? So yes. I mean, okay, so you're going to yes. have four managers in in eight years, right? Okay, who's what's the one constant? Is Kenny Williams? Yeah, I know. I just, he doesn't he doesn't buy into like the sabermetrics and stuff. I don't think. I mean that that's where the Adam Dunn signing was like totally stupid. I mean, if if you looked at the production that you were expected to get from Adam Dunn. It was nowhere near worth the kind of money you were throwing at him. Plus, he's getting older. Right. right? He, his OPS his first season was 800, and then it just dropped like a stone after that. Well, aging sluggers, that's what happens. You know what I mean? I mean, it happens to all of them. You know, they're talking about yeah, Chris Davis in, in Baltimore is going to be the next one. Possibly. You know, but, uh, you know, his contact rate's a little better. I don't know. If you swing for the fences, you're going to strike out. It's a, you know, fact of baseball life. True. But, you know, Kenny Williams isn't going anywhere. Reinsdorf basically w- says, okay, it's all done. Poof, like Burton soap. Just do-do-do. I'm invisible now. I mean, the, yes, the problem's exactly. all done. Problem's all right. gone away. So, basically, it, it probably is the end of it. You don't know what the clubhouse is like now. Well, I'm nobody's sure, going to. Well, guys, you know, eventually, guys are going to want to play. I think the only thing you're looking at now is would you if you're a free agent baseball player how high up would the White Sox be on your list? Well, only time will tell and, you know, who cares? Well, because don't you, don't you want to get free agents to plug the holes to make you competitive? That's where you, you know, yeah. that's where you got Melky Cabrera, that's where you got, well, you know. Right. Okay, but they've already Jim. done that. They've got the team possibly they're, they're going to be a team that this is the team they're going to put on the field and maybe you know do what the Mets did last year and go for a free agent signing of a Cespedes type in July before the trade deadline so maybe they can bring the Roach on retire yeah. yeah yeah I don't think so well you know if, if he sticks Drake into a, a school and he's got somewhere to be every day 
and not be on the baseball it's field. It's summer. Kids are out of school. <laughs> You're going to make the kid go to summer school? The whole thing about Wait, having your kid around now. is very... It's not summer now. No, it, well... Kids are in... Sure isn't. Kids are in school now. Just yeah. not his. Right. I, you know, I'm not going to get into should you homeschool your kids or anything. Uh, no, I mean, I, I have no... Whatever. I don't have a problem with that. Whatever. But, you know, I can understand the aspect of... It, the articles I read when they would interview other people were all about they understand the family aspect of it, but none of them have ever said, yes, we had kids around 24-7. And regardless, so that just goes back to nobody knows exactly what the agreement was. Was there really a verbal agreement of you can have your kid there every single day all the time? Uh, uh, to quote Adam LaRoche, he's part of the team. Now, if if that's what the White Sox agreed to, I don't believe they asked them, and they probably oh, should sure have. That, I'm Does, sure. What do you mean? From what I read, he was at 120 games last. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I don't think anybody assumed that the specifics of every day would ever come into play. They, you know, that the, it, do you care if my kid's around? He's part of the team. No, we don't care. And then all of a sudden he's there every day. And they're, all of a sudden they're like, that. well, wait a minute. I just verbally agreed to every day, but it was never said he's going to be there every day. Yeah. You don't know. I, I but, just... but LaRoche takes it that way, and that's his opinion, which is fine. Well, apparently he had support in the clubhouse. Sure. So at least some people weren't complaining. I mean, I would like to know who complained. And how vociferously? Well, I mean, if it was two guys, right? It's nice to be able to hit two ten, make thirteen million dollars a year, have a back problem in spring training, and the people still love you, thinking you're going to contribute to the team. What well, that's the other thing. I mean, like, let's face I, it. What were you going to get out I of didn't, it? You know, I didn't. From agree a baseball standpoint, you know, it's probably win-win for the White Sox. Right. You know, if you look at, I didn't like the signing to begin with. If you can get out of it a year early. Yeah, I didn't love the signing. I thought it was okay, but then when he underperformed, you're like, "Well, that was a bust." And now, then he comes up with a tweaked back in spring training, and now you're like, "Well, all of a sudden, this becomes a win-win for the White Sox front office." Now, how is it going to affect them for the season when they had nothing but articles about the chemistry of the team going through spring training and how everybody's coming together? They're hitting the ball out of the ballpark. They're scoring runs. They still, you know, their starting pitching is a little suspect from uh, three, four, and five, three and a half. Three Quint- and a half. Quintana's, you know, I like Quintana. I think if they score more runs for Quintana, he's a solid three. Yeah, he uh, he, he he leads the league uh, for two years in a row, yeah. possibly three in in um, uh, non. Yeah, no, no decisions. No decisions. Yeah. Thank you. You know, yeah. so I think he's a solid number three. You know, four or five. You know, I would say fifty percent. Well, I would so say Rodon, you think seven, Rodon's 75, your number 2? 75% of the teams, correct me if I'm wrong, would probably struggle with four and five starters. There aren't too many rotations that go deeper than three. Right. And most rotations only have two. Only have two. And, uh, you know, the Sox finally for years, they, they actually had a, always a decent one, two, and three, but never, like with Burley, but they never had that A. The yeah. number one. Like now the they, dominant guy. Yeah, now they have yeah. the number one. Uh, I think Rodon could be the number two. He's young, uh, first full season. But, you know, you're putting a lot of weight on his shoulders. Uh, and But you've got a solid number three in Quintana, and then they're with the rest of the league in, in four, hoping fourth and fifth starters become 
Well, they got Latos to uh, you know eat some innings. Yeah, and then you've got Dank still. Right. I think he's the highest play player on the team. He might be. And then he's the uh, longest tenured probably. And then you've got Fulmer waiting, waiting in the wings. In the wings. I, I right. can't. You know, I'm pretty sure by May he'll be up. He might. Yeah, I mean, because I don't. You know, because you're going to need. I liked John Danks you're before, in a dog fight. but he's you know after he got hurt, he's never been the same and. You know, you really need your four or five pitchers to be. If you're going to be successful, you need your four or five, your four especially, but your fifth, you need your four or five pitchers to be above 500. Do you think the White Sox find sale? You know, I mean, he he ended up talking to Reinsdorf. He called in the press. No, called Kenny Williams a bald faced liar. Said the wrong guy. Blah 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 blah. And they're just going to blow it off. I don't think they'd find him. So okay, Chris. You well, had your say. You now. had your right to your opinion. You got it out. Let's go play ball. Why would you find? And that's him? the end of it. Why would you make it worse by finding? Well, you don't. That now you're telling your players don't talk to the media. Do you think Sale is going to re-sign with the Sox when the time comes, or do you think they probably couldn't afford him anyway? I mean, if he's going to be getting some of the starter money that's been thrown around lately, like if he wants twenty-five million a year, you see the Sox paying him that? Probably not. Then. But, um, I mean, but they have him under contract for three more years, I think. Yeah. You know, so uh, just hypothetically, you know, say he uh, contends for the Cy Young again, well, like he does every year, but top two instead of top six. Okay. Say he has extends it to that, that close of a, a Cy Young uh, season, and they come close or make the playoffs, and he is the dominant pitcher again. And now he's at, who knows, is he going to ask for uh, a contract uh, renegotiation, you know, and then what are they going to do? Say um, no. You know. I'm they, sure they'll say no. Well, it depends. I mean, can they get him, since he's on the cheap now, could they get him for an extension still cheaper than a David Price? Or is he just going to play out his contract and, and well, then. Well, you could get him cheaper than, than David Price. I mean, if you tear up the last two years of his deal. Right. You know, then, yeah, you probably could get. And so maybe maybe that maybe that happens. I would think that would be the only way they would keep him if all of a sudden they signed him to, you know, Reinsdorf doesn't like giving pitchers anything more than three year deals, and I don't blame him. Well, uh, no one likes it, but right. it's it's a, a supply and demand. If you want one, right. this is what they call. What I'm saying is, is, and he has made certain exceptions. He did give Burley a five year deal. Uh, they ended up trading him because the team was awful. Yeah. And uh, so they got out of that, but they still gave it to him. So I would, I could see him them giving a sale like a five, six year deal, uh, wiping out the two years remaining and giving him a six year deal if it's you know more in the seventeen, eighteen million dollar range, and then he's got the six year deal guaranteed. If, yeah. if Sale doesn't want to wait, because otherwise Sale has to wait. What's he going to do? Sit out? Otherwise, he's got to wait till well, he'll just you know be, be one of these guys that you know isn't going to really snap off the breaking ball. Yeah, you know, I mean, if but I, was, I mean, is he going to wait? Chris Sale, is he going to wait till 2018 and then say, "All right, you know, I'm going to go get my 28 million dollars"? Well, you know, but you know, he the, seems like a competitor. He seems like a guy that wants to win. The one thing is, is the power of money is, you know, what people don't understand is, you know, okay, you get if 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 you if you restructured his deal starting next year and you gave him 18 million dollars a year for six years. Starting now, but he had to wait two years. Yeah, you know that ten million dollars for those first two years that he's not going to get until his deal is over, and he gets to go sign. He could make a lot of money 
on his money just by doing that. Well, yeah, and and it makes sense, and I'm sure that's what the Cubs are doing with Arietta is they're trying to see if there's any sort of way they could get him for three extra years and what that would cost, where Arietta's probably like, well, I can, I'll finish out my contract and get five from somebody. Right. right. Well, when you're on a contract year, it's different. Yeah. You know, you know, you're well, not giving away. I mean, look at look at the guys uh, who's who's you know look at the guys that give up the even Dexter Fowler. Yeah, I mean, what did he do? He gave up six million dollars. Actually, the, if if he walks, he gets an extra five. Okay, there's a buyout, so he actually almost got what he walked away from. He got a little less, right? A little less, and I think the Cubs are pretty generous to him. And and that's the thing with the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs are like. If you ask anybody who's treating the players like the best, it's the Cubs. Even when they cut Rex Brothers, cut him early, give him a chance to catch on yeah. somewhere. If he doesn't, but you know, come come play in the minors, get your get it together, right? You know, they're they're not burning bridges with players. They have a reputation. But the of, bottom line is, you know, players in Major League and in all sports, they're going for max dollars yeah. later, and not necessarily realizing that the amount of money they're making now will really solidify their futures anyway. Well, and if, they, if, if they invest it wisely right. and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's plenty of athletes that, you know, did not invest wisely and sure. end up doing all yeah. sorts of... Latrell Sprewell made $14 million a year, and then he said he was broke. I mean, you know... Danny McClain. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the, the list is endless of, of, it is. of jocks who, so, you know... But I would that would be the only way I could see them re-signing Chris, Chris Sale is... is Dump the last two years. Yeah, give him a, give him an extended six year guaranteed contract for less than the going rate. But now he's he's out of that contract and now well, he's has, getting he's getting a raise for the first two years yeah. instead of getting the raise that he would right. get as a free agent. And it's either that years, if you yeah. don't like this deal, well then no. you wait two more years and then and I then know. hope you don't blow your arm out and you know. And then you're still the dominant pitcher, and then somebody's going to give you a six-year deal when you're, you know, 31 years old. Well, yeah, I think he's 26. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't know. You know, there's, you know, signing long-term contracts. There's an element of risk, especially right. when they're guaranteed. And you look at a guy like Sale, especially for pitchers, he weighs like 120 pounds. They, they had an article tall. about it, so he's 190. And is he now? Yeah, he is an article, and all he does is he burgers, pizzas and tacos and he's trying to get up to 200 and and Adam Eaton said something like that guy won't even get over 190 he goes he, he's just blessed by the fact that his metabolism I mean you know he's tall skinny yeah. and he literally can't gain weight and now okay this is spring training first of all you have to do that all winter but still stay in shape right if you're going to eat like yeah. that now it's spring training and now you're probably exercising way more yeah Wait till the summer comes, and it's hot out, and you're just losing pounds, and you're going to try and, and he's trying to get up to two hundred. He's going to lose, you know, seven pounds by yeah. the seventh inning. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he doesn't have a whole lot to lose. So no. I, you know, the Cubs have a guy like that, Carl Edwards. You know, the cheeseburger diet isn't working for him either. Yeah, you know, he can't put on any weight, and and. They're, they're not even going to try to have him start. There's I can't no imagine how much time. that guy eats. Sales like I can't wait. I love taco nights. His wife makes tacos, and they've just so he's probably eating just plates and plates of food and nothing but calories, and and he's one ninety one the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gained a pound! Yay! And then you go out and you work out and everything, and then you go home and you work and you eat everything, and you, 
you're 190, and you're like, well, okay, you know, I mean, but listen, uh, the guy is a competitor. He's a really good pitcher, and I'm glad he's on our team. Yeah, do you think? Uh, so you think everything will just kind of blow over, and then it'll well, be like, okay, let's I'm, start winning. I'm and hoping. All that. I don't get okay. me wrong. I I know that there's plenty of instances in all of sports where things rile a clubhouse and they never overcome it. I'm hoping that this happened. Well, first of all, it happened early enough because the season hasn't even started. Everybody got their say. It's blown over, and they can hate Kenny Williams and win despite him. Like he's the owner of the Cleveland Indians in Major League. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, Margaret exactly Whitten right. They're ripping yeah. off the pieces of her right of her dress on I the, don't know if if they're going to have a 2-2 with Kenny on it in the clubhouse yeah. but I don't think we'll get pictures but I I you know obviously nobody can know whether this is going to be detrimental to their their cohesiveness or not but um I hope not um I'm hoping you know I mean maybe you know if it was Todd Frazier that you suspect possibly well that would be bad if it comes out that because he was the one that came in supposedly as you know a new leader to the clubhouse and now all of a sudden if everybody's going to look at him and go well now you're changing the ways of the way the team was or originally the way when he came in they were like we love what he's doing and he's changing the ways of the clubhouse so now yeah i mean you just don't know you don't and and you know public statements are one thing you know what's really going on. I mean, time will tell. You'll you'll sure. you'll be able to see if if there's friction between players. Sometimes you can see. That. I would think, you know, when it all comes down to it, Chris Sale's not going to go out there and just not give a crap and and yeah, and throw yeah. dimes over the middle of the plate. Yeah, I don't see that and, happening. And be a you know a twelve and seventeen pitcher this year. And uh, you know, Melky Cabrera is not going to all you know just not try and hit. And Abreu is going to not try and hit. And right. You know, Robertson's going to try and be the best closer in baseball because he's right that you know the kid was detrimental. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think, okay. I think that they, they're the same team. They're either going to perform well or they're not. And you know, they improve their team. And are they going to improve on the baseball field? And I don't think this is going to determine whether that team is going to improve on the baseball field. I, this team is either going to hit the ball and score runs and pitch well, or they're going to be in a poor offense and bad bad defensive team like they were last year and win 75 games. Okay. I mean, who knows? All I'm right. just I'm I'm well, let's put a lid on Adam LaRose. Leading towards the the hopefulness of that you know, it, they're going to compete and contend in a tough division. Yeah, I mean, generally, you know, you don't really see a, a bunch of clubhouse friction and all that stuff come out until a team starts losing. I don't recall ever seeing anything in spring training, anything like this. It was just They strange. had something on MSN that said 11 situations that rival the LaRoche thing, and I didn't read them, but apparently, you know, somebody came up with a bunch of other things that have happened. Were they but valid? I, well, didn't I didn't read them, but right. uh, one of, you know, I, I would agree with you that probably most of them all were like, you know, May, June, situations that yeah. finally the clubhouse just said, you know, well, this isn't working and now we're losing. Yeah. I mean, when you're winning, no one cares. Right. Right. And I mean, you know, last year the Sox started winning later in the year when they actually started swinging the bats. I mean, they, they just didn't hit for the first 10 weeks of the season right. and really dug a hole, but the second half they were better. So I don't know. Well, and that, that goes that that's, what's going to end the situation. 
is winning. Is winning. Yeah. If they come out and they win, and they don't start out in a two and ten hole, even if they start out eight and eight, they won't be talking about it. But if they start out like ten and six, they they really won't talk about it. Even if they start out two and ten, I mean, it's like, well, how many games are you going to win with Adam LaRoche? Well, I no, I agree he's with the that. Difference between two and ten and ten and two. No, not a, he's not an eight war replacement right. guy. Yeah, I don't think. But so. yes, but but definitely, it, I don't think it'll be talked about again if uh, if they come out with a decent start to the season. Because if just say they have a good good run through May and they're in the thick of it, have a bad June and July, I don't think they're going to revisit the Adam LaRoche thing and say, you know, this is all of a sudden why no. you guys are bad. No, you're, I, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right about that. If somebody somehow leaves the team, like gets traded or something, yeah, that's involved somehow or knows who the complainers are or something, then maybe a word will get out. I think they're going to circle the wagons in the clubhouse. I don't think you're ever going to find out who complained. Probably not. Which is too bad, but guys should man up. Okay, well, enough. We'll, pull, we'll close a little on Adam LaRoche, and then our next podcast we are going to preview the uh, AL Central and the NL Central. Uh, we're the Back Row Boys, Stephen Hutch. Check our website, thebackrowboys.com. You can find the podcast on the website. They're kind of on the right-hand side down toward the bottom. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.